Yeah, but I love it. I love it. it there's so much truth in it. And I also la- loved the comparison with mud. Like we need the ground energy. We need the grounding energy and the mud and, and well, all those very heavy, dense energy to build on. <laughs> you can build like an empire on just like fluffy energy. We really need that grounding energy also, the connection with Mother Earth. So, yeah, it's a very constructive energy, I think. Well, and even when we think about all of the ways that we meditate and we think, you know, about just rooting ourselves deeply in the earth so that we're firmly grounded on our rock of being, that it's by, it's not about being inflexible, but it's about being so firmly rooted in with full permission inside of who we are that we don't easily kind of get knocked around by the world. Definitely. And again, it's, yeah, I have a very practical vision sometimes. But again, if you look at like building your business, it's super, super important to be very groundy, actually. And also be in that very deep meditative state again, like really the deep connection, because the deeper you can go, the higher you can go also, right? There's a very good, strong connection between that. So that is why I also love to do shadow work as well because i know there there are so many gifts always uh, in the shadow i love it welcome to the revelation project podcast i'm monica rogers and this podcast is intended to disrupt the trance of unworthiness and to guide women to remember and reveal the truth of who we are We say that life is a revelation project, and what gets revealed gets healed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Project podcast. Today, I'm with Coco Krothes, who grew up in Harlem in the Netherlands. She runs her consulting business from her current hometown in Immuden, close to the sea, Coco has a clear vision for the future. She sees a major role for female entrepreneurs who have a natural gift to connect and create unity, build mutual business structures that embrace inclusiveness, diversity, and sustainability. For this, she helps soul-driven female entrepreneurs to do business cyclically according to their natural rhythm. Entrepreneurs learn to honor their body rhythm, and essence, and take it as the starting point for their business. They make sure that they do not become exhausted, and at the same time, they watch their businesses grow naturally every year. As a seasoned student, Coco learned that from an early age, success, reward, and results equate to discipline, focus, and hard work. She was told that if she could only manage her time properly and persevere, she would naturally experience balance and tranquility. (laughs) Oh boy. So she did manage to work hard, achieve success, and keep focused. But balance and tranquility seemed like an eternal dot out on the horizon. Oh, can I relate? She just never had the time to spare. Her pleasure for life disappeared, and she just couldn't manage to work in a more relaxed way. Instead, the mountain in front of her just got bigger, until the moment she found out that she could work much easier if she followed her own cycle and her own pace there's a revelation. She rested when her body was tired and put herself into gear when she felt inspired, regardless of the schedule she had written in her diary. She realized work could be done differently, that life is meant to be different, and that there's a natural flow of energy underlying everything, which we just have to follow instead of trying to invent the flow ourselves. Through years of research and experimenting, feeling out what works and what doesn't, and following the natural cycles of ebb and flow, Coco has designed something for every woman to be able to follow and to find her own way. So without further ado, please join me in welcoming Coco. Hey, Coco. Hi, Monica. I love this because um, as an entrepreneur, right, as a business owner, I was burning out. I was really, really having a hard time because I was doing business the way we're taught to do it in a very masculine world. 
Yeah, can imagine. <laughs> You're the same. <laughs> so hence the solution. <laughs> when when did you kind of have the revelation of like, oh my gosh, I actually have this cyclical wisdom that I can follow? Yeah, it was just after my graduation of university. And I was really working hard all the time and did a lot of studies, etc. And when I got, well, actually, when I graduated, I already felt burned out. But then out of enthusiasm, I started my own festival and it was very successful. But I kept working like 60 hours a week and just for two years. And I really felt like, okay, this is not doable anymore. And I was just, even if I was tired and just had no work to do. I was just stuck after after the computer. And I was just like, okay, I need to do something. I need to do something. And in one moment in time, I was like, okay, what am I doing? I, I have nothing to do. I can rest, but I'm still sitting behind the computer. I was so stressed. Mm. And then I thought like, okay, I really need to quit this behavior because if I don't stop this, something's going really wrong. Yeah. So it was really looking at my behavior like, okay, this is crazy. This cannot be <laughs> healthy. Yeah. Well, and what I hear you saying too is that it's so unsustainable. There's a way that we, I even caught myself doing it yesterday where if I wasn't working, I was scrolling and or, yeah. or behind a screen and I wasn't necessarily doing anything, but I also wasn't nourishing myself. I wasn't truly resting. Indeed. It was like there was some way that I was still reaching for something out there. And yet it's a really hard habit to break, to just disconnect from all of the things that take you away from your yourself and your own needs. Yeah, it's a little bit like an addiction. And first you think like, okay, I'm used to it. We've learned it at school that we have to work hard, etc. And then at some point you think like it never stops. <laughs> it really never stops. So I need to one that's stopping this behavior. And if you're really looking close at your behaviors, like, okay, yeah, this is not healthy. No, it's it's really not. So I know one of the things that you really love to talk about is just the kind of depth that comes with working through the menstrual cycle and also what you call kind of the dark period, the kind of metaphorical winter. And I wondered if we could maybe start there because we're still in winter right now, which and I love that idea of like, we also as women are so tuned in, not only to the rhythms of the exterior world, such as the moon cycles or the seasons as they come and go. But we also have this beautiful system, this rhythmic, cyclical way of being in tune with our own bodies that really offers us, I think, tremendous access to creativity, to inner knowing, to cleansing toxins from our body like and i think that here and especially in the west we're so disassociated from those gifts definitely definitely yeah and like we really are used to working hard and being very productive and that's the side we really know very well but then indeed comes the winter period and doing nothing. And what we've talked about just a few minutes before, it's like you want to keep going, you want to keep going. But if you look at just like nature and how your body works, it really asks us to rest. It's part of the creation cycle that it's like 25% of the seasons is about rest and the inner work. And it's not only about nature, but also our nature is built like that. So... Yeah, for me, it's such a relief to know that and then integrate it in my workday. So, for example, right now, I'm doing the podcast, but just before the podcast, I lay down for two hours just to rest and let my body really relax because I know like, if I do that, then I'm so more powerful the moment I need to shine, you know? So that kind of knowledge can help you so much. I love that. And most of us would say, Two hours to rest in the middle of the day? Yeah. 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 But if you look at the workday, like you have perhaps eight productive hours, but it's not like you have to work 
eight hours is just two hours of planning. Like if you look at the cyclical, uh, how it's cyclical works, it's like 25% is like wintertime, 25% is springtime, 25% is summertime, 25% is autumn, right? So you can actually work according to that principle. And if you do that, then it makes so much sense. And of course, it's it's asking us a little bit to organize it differently. But if you look at it and you really realize like, oh, this is how it works, you can really work with it. And on that kind of, well, pace actually. Yeah. So let me let me kind of get curious here, because when you say 25% for each of those seasons, I'm making up that what you mean is that not only in our day, to look at our day and approach it. For example, winter is when maybe we're sleeping at night. Is that what you mean? Yeah, well, you you can you can look at it differently. Like you can put it on 24-hour cycle. So then winter, winter time is sleeping time. Then early morning, springtime. The noontime is summertime. And afternoon is autumn time. Evening is autumn time. Yeah. Okay. And then also you can not only look at it from a 24 hour cycle but also a 28 day cycle or a or a 30 day cycle yeah. in a month so help me understand how can women work and do their life in a way that really supports them using this yeah well first it's very easy it's just acknowledge that you're a seasonal cyclical being and that we're not supposed to be 24 hours highly productive. We really need to resting time. And we women, we are actually super lucky because we have menstruation. So it asks us already to go inside. And I think because we have that mechanism, we only have to listen and we have to act on it. So you can see it through a year, like, okay, winter time, especially if you live like in a seasonal and they said, like, I live in Holland, so we have really good seasonal changes, right? So, well, you can really use the seasons, like, okay, summertime, high vibration, uh, communicating, and wintertime is more like, okay, going inside. And then spring is more about planning, brainstorming, and yeah, piloting projects, for example. And autumn time, for example, is more like, okay, ev- uh, evaluation of your projects, dotting the Ys. I don't know if it's an expression in English, but yeah, really wrapping up the year, right? So you can really plan your uh, business around it, but also in your moon, like for example, right now, uh, the day we, we record this, it's full moon. So for me, it's a very happy time to go out and do this kind of work, right? Mm-hmm. So you can really play with it, but also look at the way we have, especially as an entrepreneur, but also as a mom, you have different kind of tasks and you can look at your schedule like, okay, what what does this kind of task, how does it fit into my yeah menstruation cycle? And that's already one way to really connect with it. I love that. One thing that I've definitely shared before on the podcast is that during my cycle, and I I believe that I'm kind of in perimenopause, and Mm. so one it's so even though it's hard to predict in some ways because my cycle is changing it's more paying attention to what my bodily symptoms are instead of being able to really depend on that every 14 days i'm ovulating sometimes i'm having my period every 14 days versus right so it's yeah. changing in that way but it's so part of it is more paying attention to the to the body's wisdom and understanding that oh tenderness in my breasts a week after my period, it's more likely that I'm ovulating or I'm not, right? Like there's just certain things that come up now with my body that cause me to have to pay attention differently. And also that I get, uh, I tend to get migraines. And so I've really, it's the migraines themselves have forced me to pay more attention to my schedule because, and really recognize how drained I am at that time each month. And then that's not the time, for instance, to record a podcast. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's really yeah. helped me to see like, I can, I know I can, but it's also not in my best interest. And it's not in my guest best interest, usually. Yeah, because I'm not at the top of my creative, like I don't have the kind of energy and the resources that I typically have when I'm kind of through that part of my cycle. Yeah. Definitely beautiful. Yeah. And I think 
if we really listen to those qualities, because I think, I mean, you can describe them as pains or like, well, I don't like it, but actually it's, it tells us there's so much truth in those kind of uh, mood swings, for, for example, or pains or whatever. So I think if we really dare to listen and dare to stand still and really yeah, connect with our bodies again, I think that's, well, there's so much wisdom in, in there. There is. Definitely. Well, and so I feel like one of the things that we're also really pointing to right now is that there's a difference between energy management and time management. Mm. And that and that what we're really talking about here is women learning to kind of get off the time management wheel. Yeah. And really start to pay more attention to the energy management and how in doing that, we really are empowering ourselves to not only, I think, be the most productive when it's a natural extension of where we're at in our cycle, but also I love this piece about giving ourselves permission to rest, to disconnect, to really nourish ourselves. So I wondered too, if you could talk more about the winter time and the autumn time and why that's so important in the life of women. And why do we tend to forget those things? Yeah, well, what I said is that we love summertime, we love to be productive we love going outside and we really get acknowledged for that and we really get awarded for being high productive and being visible and also if you look at social media i mean always being visible that kind of stuff is i mean we're getting really it's it's okay you know it's it's not a bad thing but there's also another side uh, of it that we really need to honor if we really want to honor ourselves and our creativity and the health of our business and that is really the winter time and the autumn time we forget that and we don't like those <laughs> kind of qualities but for example winter time is is for me it's an invitation to go really deep and not only rest but making connection to my deeper longings and i think it's so important because it's so easy to swept be swept away with with well very easy how do you say it? like easy sugary like desires mm -hmm. but if you really want to grow i think it's very important to do that from a very deep essence based place and you can only come there through very deep connection, silence, uh, being very in a meditative state. And I think it can be very, very rewarding to really allow yourself in deep winter time, in deep rest, taking uh, a few days off around your menstruation, that kind of thing. But also like, well, of course, have a good sleep or in the morning, early morning journaling, that kind of qualities i think we can really invite that more and not be so over hectic and it can really help you and the same goes with autumn and especially you you told me that you're in perimenopause and uh well i have a good friend but duckworth she's a, a menopause specialist and i've talked also with her about like how you can use for example menopause that's an autumn energy right in a female mm -hmm life and it, it can be so rewarding to really see that as like a crown on your work for example well there's <laughs> so many examples of how you can use those kind of qualities and just not only focus on being visible all the time and see that as the only way to be successful yeah, I did. I got a chance to interview Pat and she was, I mean, we had just such a beautiful conversation and exactly that, you know, we really talked about the wisdom of menopause and the, the honor of menopause, right? And it's such mm. a, it's such a different as a Western woman to hear these words about menopause when we've been taught, you know, to look at menopause as like the beginning of the end or like, yeah. you know, like all these just, it's so ridiculous to all the ways that we 
kind of talk just in general about all of the feminine energy cycles and ways of being because we're so we've suppressed them for so long. And so to really pull them back up to the surface and start honoring them and paying attention to again is for women to really plug into our true power, which is different from the kind of power that we try to muster, you know, that we try to, you know, create from this place where we're already exhausted. It just, it's so counterintuitive, and yet we've been taught to do it for centuries. And I was also thinking, like, how amazing, seriously, would it be if we supported women in this way in the workplace, too, to really be able to recognize and honor where a woman is in her cycle and allow her that space, knowing that she's just going to come back to her work with much more energy and creativity and productivity. Yeah, definitely. Uh, a few years ago, I had a teacher. She was so great. And she told me like, well, what you actually need to do if you have a woman menstruation in your team, just give her some very heavy strategic questions and send her out <laughs> That's into the woods or into her cave because she will rock on it, you know? Yeah, she'll like figure it out, right? She'll come back yeah, with... Yeah, with a very strategic... But it's more like... She can kind of just rest in her wise woman cave and kind of come mm -hmm. out with the answer, right? Yeah, she can bleed on it, they said. <laughs> oh my God, I love she that. Said, yeah, yeah. So because in menstruation, you're like very a truth bump. Yeah, not if you're like in high emotions of the ovulation time, you, you like everything, right? But you're not very truthful, perhaps. Oh my God. A little bit over enthusiastic. So if you want to be strategically very smart, then use your menstruation to just bleed on it, right? Right. Instead of think on it. Well, you know, yeah. I'll think on it. I'm going to bleed on it. I'm going to yeah. remember that forever. That is hysterical. Yeah, I'll, I'll be back. I'll be back. I'm just going to bleed on that for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. So, all right. So where should we take this conversation next? What What's coming up for you? Well, I was thinking because what I also, it's more like a personal experience right now. Because for example, right now I'm pregnant and I've got like six weeks to go. And something I really love about pregnancy, and I think I don't know exactly, but What I feel is like I can compare it a little bit to menstruation, going really, really going inside, right? And what I really love right now is like also feeling this deep inner truth and how completely wonderful it is for me to embrace that. And if we talk about like using words and using daily conversations, then, well, For example, my, my partner, he says, yeah, oh, she's hormonal, right? Like mm -hmm. it's a very negative thing. And I'm like, no, I'm super truthful right now. I've never <laughs> felt more in line with myself. Yeah. And I, can't, I cannot be different. I mean, I really need to speak my truth right now. And I do it. I've, I've nothing left anymore, you know? So That kind of material, I think, yeah, I don't know. Well, you've got two children, right? Also, mm -hmm. so yeah, I don't know how you experience it. But for me, it's also such an, yeah, great gift of modern nature. Like, oh, we really need to look at these kind of seasons and these kind of faces differently. Yeah, no, I, wow. Yeah, pregnancy for me was, there's so much to say about it, but it it's, Truly this attunement, I think, to just the miracle that our bodies are. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I loved all of it, because I think I was also still very much in what I call wounded maiden. Mm. And so I wasn't able to really truly appreciate, at least the first time around, yeah. when I had my daughter, all of the major changes and shifts that were happening to my body, it was almost like I took it personally versus as a gift. Because in our society, we're so conditioned, even it's and this is so sad, but it is changing. And I do feel it changing. But when I was pregnant with Manon, 
19 years ago, it was like, I didn't have a whole lot of models of women who, of wise women around me who were celebrating and help me helping me celebrate the changes in my body and helping me see the gifts that I was being and the initiation that I was being taken through. Mm. Because the attunement, you know, not only to the life that is growing inside of us and the true appreciation as well as all of the all of the extra things that come up that get revealed and want to be surfaced throughout our pregnancies like these truths and understanding that there was a certain point in my pregnancies where I also was very clear about what was going to work in our home and what wasn't and what needed to change and like what we needed to address before this child came into the world. There was all this kind of wisdom that was coming through me as this child was growing inside of me. And so, yes, absolutely honoring it. And we kind of have a, a little bit of a joke similar to, I mean, I try to be playful with it, right? It's like, oh, she's so hormonal. Like if anybody said that to me while I was PMSing or, you know, like getting ready for my period, they'd have to run for the hills because I'd be like, wow, because there is this way that I just speak more truthfully. And sometimes it can be rather blunt and hurtful, maybe, but it's also you know, I'm learning how to how to do that in a more gentle way and be more gentle with myself. But it's <laughs> how many cycles have I now at 50, 51 years old gone through where I'm like, I'm finally starting to get good at it. Because for the longest time, I wasn't in that place of consciously paying attention to where I was at in my cycle. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, and it's so important. And especially about speaking truth and honoring that that truth and not be always that the happy girl you know that that's really the the summer girl yeah <laughs> i would say yeah we re- really have to adore also and really appreciate winter woman <laughs> yes i love that yeah and that is what i'm learning even more and even deeper right now and also in my business right now i'm really using this time to go just another layer uh well to to encounter just another deep layer in myself to be more even more creative uh when i want to come out (laughs) out of my uh, cocoon again you know so oh it's a really yeah, I really think it's a very joyful period right now, winter time, the cocoon time, the, the well, the very true bomb winter woman. Yeah, I, I see her as a, some kind of yeah, wonder woman actually, very powerful. Very powerful. And when you when you talk about your creativity, what do you mean by that? Cuz I'm I I love getting curious with women about how they not only access their creativity, but like what does that mean for you in your life? Well, for me, creativity has different kind of layers, I think. Like, well, first of all, I had some rough months the last months, like really winter, deep winter period, uh, because I was really facing my inner demons. But I knew that I was in deep winter rest, and I knew that I could handle them at, at that moment in time. So I could really open up for that. And I know that for me, I see... Creativity as a as a cycle process of pro- yeah. So for me also that has something to do with my creativity, really cleaning my shit out <laughs> and really flush myself. And I really felt so good by doing that, like fighting my inner demons and embrace them also. So that right now, like you said, we're still in winter time. Well, actually, we're not <laughs> because we're already in the first spring moon. Because mm-hmm. the twenty first of March, it's mid spring, and it's not the start of spring. And what I see in Holland, and what I already fu- feel with this full moon again, is like my heart is uh, slowly, well, getting a little bit restless again. And now I feel like, okay, there's space. I've created space. And now I can see already little seeds and of inspiration coming my way. And I'm very uh, 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 
visionary or I, I see visionary, things. Yes, yes. Visionary. Yeah. So for me, that means like I see things that I can create this year. And because I work cyclically, I right now for me, this is really the moment to already make connection to my products and my harvest in September, right? Mm -hmm. So I have a direct connection uh, with uh, the seeds I plant right now and my harvest in September. So yeah, that is how I really feed my imagination right now and my creativity. And I play with the seasons and also with the moon because, well, a week before I felt like, okay, I don't have create, I'm not creative. And then I just rest <laughs> and do something else. But well, if I don't feel it, I won't act on it and I will just be very gentle with myself, I guess. That's my strategy. Yeah. Well the the self compassion I think is Yeah. Is how we just get through some of these hard places um with ourselves and as so I wanna kind of also say yes, thank you because as, as I'm sitting here looking out the window, I'm staring at the snow on the ground, but you're absolutely right. Like we just went through in bulk, right? And, mm -hmm. and so here we are in the spring. And it's funny because I've even noticed my reluctance to be in the spring yet because I haven't fully embraced the winter yet. I mean, I yeah. have, but there's part of me that actually loves the winter. Mm. I don't love the cold around the winter, but I love the going within. I love the cocooning. I love the reflection. And I'm that's like my my human design hermit side mm. <laughs> that loves, you know, the the winter, the deep winter. I want to go back to what you said about the inner demons because I would love to ask you, you know, I talk about the trance of unworthiness and I do believe that most women kind of come in and out of the trance as well a lot that part of kind of our facing our inner demons are looking at where we're having doubts or where we're abandoning ourselves or where we're not speaking our truth. So I wondered if you could say a little bit more about those demons that and how the trance shows up in your life. Yeah, well, I think the theme of unworthiness is <laughs> very mm -hmm. much present in my life always. And especially as an entrepreneur, you, for example, little things like you have to price yourself, for example. Well, that's definitely not one of my strongest points, for example. But also in my pregnancy, what I really encountered last month is how my partner was actually really showing me the pace i really went on his planning system and for example i was just having a research with my body and, and and my belly and the minute we were outside he was like let's make a picture and let's tell everybody and i was like whoa i need rest man <laughs> it was just a pretty intense research and so in but also like we have a baby room and that was actually, it was my office. So I really made space for the baby. But then I re like, realized like, okay, but where's my space? Where's mm -hmm. my room? Where am I? Mm -hmm. And I got so immense confused about the situation. I was like, okay, this is not, <laughs> I think this is not healthy. I need to really step up and really take my place into the family. Even with a baby, I'm still a person. Oh, and this is big. Yes. Yeah. So that was such a lesson for me. And now I'm super aware of it. And I can really, if I feel like in just a few minutes, I feel like, okay, oh, I'm sliding back again. Then I'm right now, I can really very fast make the change and like, okay, but I'm still a person. I'm also myself and I can only care if I'm still on my place. I'm the mother, he's the father, and we have a baby, but I'm still there. Yes. Well, and this is, these are the places I think we transition into this other part of our lives. And we can tend to do that thing that we do as women so naturally, which is to sacrifice ourselves for for the welcoming in of something else. And yet we, we have to realize like, okay, it's a both and not an either or. It's like we can, 
welcome in this new being, this new life, but but not displace ourselves yeah. as a way to accommodate or welcome that it actually is a, an opportunity for us to assert our value and our worth as well as the worth and value of the new being that's coming in and knowing that we all have to create our own space to fully be in the world. Yeah, definitely. And it's 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 a beautiful because it's a new being, but it can also be a new project, right? Like if I I'm starting a new project, I right now I always make connection. Like okay, but if it's in the right amount of time, the right right amount of energy, and I really first make like okay, what's in for me? And it sounds a little bit like egoistic, but it's it feels like okay, yeah, what's my where am I? What's my relation to it, right? Mm-hmm. And to have just that little research moment and really just the moment that I question myself and then I can really embrace it because otherwise, yeah, one of my tendencies is to be swept away because I'm over enthusiastic, but then where am I? Right. It's like not just not losing yourself in all of it. Not losing yourself. Yeah. And then again, if you're not not very good at it or if you have like problems with it, uh, like me, for example, I... Uh, such a benefit of using my menstruation to really ask myself questions about certain projects or certain relationships also. Like, okay, but how do I really feel? So when I did that, that I became so immense powerful because it was always the time of the month that I could really feel deeply into, okay, I need to cut off that. I need to transform that. And that was also one of my biggest revelations, like, okay, I can really use this power to support myself. Yes. I'm just kind of really sitting with that for a second and also thinking too about what you said about placing value on your your work and your offerings and, and that that's... And, and how, you know, to go back to like where the trance can sometimes really kind of make its mischief with us is in this area of doubting our, our worth or doubting our value or doubting that we deserve to take the time and the space to really fully I guess, like, commit or immerse ourselves in the idea of something before we kind of bring it out to the world, like to really kind of integrate it into how we be in the world. And that if we do that work up front, then the value comes or the worth comes, I think, much easier. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, and I think that's also what I like about you and your podcast and, and your intention. Like, really, first see the trends and own the trends, mm-hmm. actually, and then and then okay, reveal it that it's actually not there and that we have to face it actually as as women. But yeah, I think it's it's so important. This is it's a real job right now as women. It's a re- yeah, it really is. I really notice, like I really, it's not about it not being there. It's like the trans, we could call it a number of different things. We could call it our shadow work. We could call it our, you know, what did you call it earlier? You said your demons, right? We could call it, you know, our self-doubt. We could call, but it's the place where we forget that it all gets to be here and that it doesn't diminish us or define us just because we're having a moment with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that it's by being with it, it's by looking at it, it's by getting really intimate and tender with these moments that make us uncomfortable or that confront us in some ways that we actually continue to recover more quickly and deepen our not only our wisdom for ourselves but our but our love for ourselves and others yeah definitely yeah and and what if it's it's actually our like it's our goals perhaps also even it's our perhaps our deepest fears can also be our biggest gifts because we have to face them and it's our personal uh, heroine's journey, right? Mm-hmm. So perhaps if you look 
at it like that also and really embrace them in that kind of way. Yeah, I really like it. Me too. And yeah, the heroine's journey. I have to do a whole episode on the heroine's journey because whenever, I don't know about you, Coco, but whenever I saw that, like in in our case, I don't know which one you looked at. I know that there are a few women, but I looked at Maureen Murdoch's work quite deeply. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, oh my gosh, like like it's like a map for women to really really archetypically kind of understand what we go through to kind of embrace our wholeness that that the hero's journey is all about kind of this quest for adventure but a woman's kind of heroine's journey is all about this quest for wholeness and that mm. includes the masculine journey and it's like wow it is it was so it talk about a revelation like i was like whoa this is amazing how about you for me the same but yeah i think what for me is is i think the most important thing and i think again for me it has everything to do with i think owning menstruation owning wintertime owning the deep dark feminine energy and really like heal from from within that space i think for me that's the most important message that i'm really still embracing and still healing from actually to see it differently and for me that's for me that's the most important part right now yeah and when you say healing and seeing it differently do you mean from kind of the patriarchal lens of what you thought it all was about and what it really is all about yeah i think it are it's, it's our goals yeah it's our inner truth it's our guidance so to speak and so again if you I don't know why I want to uh, uh, speak about it so much, but I think like if we think about female power, we often think about the sexy girl and well, you know, again, the spring girl. Mm -hmm. The maiden, the maiden. Yeah, the maiden. Yeah. And for me, I think right now the biggest revelation is like, wow, I really love that that deeper, darker woman. And I can see that she's not upset or hurt per se, but that she's also part of the wholeness. She's also part of me. And she has like an either she's also a very important part of our society. And she needs to be heard. She needs to be oh yes. Be very she needs to have a voice, I think, right now. And especially also, if you look at the collective energy right now, I think it's we women, we really have to step up and not by being more visible, but being truthful. And I think that's a big difference. We don't need to have like a big stage and really shiny <laughs> light, but we have to speak from the deeper inner truth. I think that's for me right now the most important thing. Well, and what you're so beautifully pointing to is the rite of passage, you know, between kind of where the maiden turns into the archetype of the mother. And it just so happens that you're also pregnant and becoming a mother. For our listeners, this is such a powerful conversation, this conversation about archetypes and how, again, as as women, and my listeners have heard me say this before, but in this very patriarchal culture, we're the patriarchy wants to keep us in maidenhood because in maidenhood we're not in touch with that fierce power yeah that dark energy we call it dark but i want to be very clear that what it is is it's deep it's organic it's like the fertile like think of the dirt of the of mother earth it's where everything gets composted and recycled and remembered and regenerated and it's like the power of the mother is like she knows like she knows that at her very essence she is a force to be reckoned with and that is a really powerful energy also when you think about what we're up to in the world in terms of being the voice for our children or those who cannot be fully step into their own voice yet. And and it's so great because now, Coco, mm-hmm. I'm noticing where the justice card is coming in. Do you, yeah, are you seeing that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I love it. Coco and I chose a card 
before we came on, as you know, I love to do. And we chose from a deck called Sacred Mothers and Goddesses. And we chose Justice and Healing, which is Sulis Minerva. And she's a Celtic goddess, a Celtic and Roman sun goddess. And what's great about her is that you can call on her for courage to speak your truth and to help in the healing of others. And that's that thing about the mother energy is that, oh, and it says you can also call on her when you've been wronged and for fulfillment of wishes, especially for justice against wrongdoing. Like, I don't know about you ladies and gents, if you're listening, but when I see there's nothing that gets me more activated than seeing an injustice or a wrongdoing against a child, then I am fully in mother. It's like, whoa, look out. And I was like that, by the way, before I was even a mother. It's just like this, this way that it comes up in me. Like, it's just like, boom, like it's, it's right there. I'm so, I'm so present to my power and to my commitment to speaking truth. Yeah, it's like lioness power. It's really being the lion. (laughs) Yes, it's really being the lion. And this whole thing too, this fear around like the dark feminine, it's so, there's really nothing to fear. It's, It's more, I think, about embracing and understanding that within the darkness is a gift, is a hidden gift that we get to reclaim. Yeah. Because- This is the part of the journey back to wholeness, is to actually remember all of it, that nothing gets excluded, not even the dark, that it's actually just part and parcel of our our humanity and our divinity, that all of it exists kind of within the context of whatever you want to call it, God, source. So, you know, just a really light, breezy conversation today, right, Coco? (laughs) Yeah, but I love it. I love it. It, There's so much truth in it. And I also loved the comparison with mud. Like, we need the ground energy. We need the grounding energy and the mud and, and, well, all those very heavy, dense energy to build on. (laughs) You can build, like, an empire on just, like, fluffy energy. We really need that grounding energy also, the connection with Mother Earth. So, yeah, it's a very constructive energy, I think. Well, and even when we think about all of the ways that we meditate and we think, you know, about just rooting ourselves deeply in the earth so that we're kind of firmly grounded on our rock of being, that it's by, it's not about being inflexible, but it's about being so firmly rooted in with full permission inside of who we are, that we don't easily kind of get knocked around by the world. Definitely. And again, it's, yeah, I have a very practical vision sometimes. But again, if you look at like building your business, it's super, super important to be very groundy, actually. And also be in that very deep meditative state again, like really the deep connection, because the deeper you can go, the higher you can go also, right? There's a very good, strong connection between that. So that is why I also love to do shadow work as well because i know there there are so many gifts always uh, in the shadow Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah i love it i love it too and i i also want to point out that the shadow the ego right the ego is often something that gets me in the trance by the way (laughs) My, my, you know, I know we need it. And again, it's like it all gets to belong. But more and more, I'm like, very present to like, oh, that's my ego, right? Like, oh, that's my vanity or my ego, or that's not wanting to cross over into like this crone archetype, right? Like to fully own it yet. Because, you know, that, that, that I've, again, been kind of in the trance of having to be in maidenhood to stay valid in this society. Mm. Oh, oh, that's such a shame. Yeah, yeah, right. It's such a shame, but noticing it and noticing that it's it's we've been enculturated to believe that and it's it's not even 
it's not true. So when it comes up for me is again, just like tenderly looking at it and saying like putting my own hand on my heart and just being compassionate with myself because that's kind of the training ground that we've been through as women. And so to unbecome from all of that is such a powerful, messy, dark, sometimes Mm. process. And yet it's also a very fertile process where then when we kind of uncreate all of that, now we're in this place where anything is possible. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I really love it. The way you speak uh, about it. Yeah, well, and sometimes I get, I get, uh, overwhelmed, right? Because there's, I was, I was sharing with Coco that last night I was, I was so paralyzed. It was like I was dreaming in the trance. It was like the trance kept waking me up in in my sleep. I don't know if anybody can relate to this, where I was waking up with anxiety. And then I'd have to like remember. And what I was thinking about, what I went to bed thinking about was, who am I to write a book? Who am I to write my story? Who am I that I think anybody's going to read it? And I was getting myself so worked up about just writing and writing from my heart. And I obviously took that to bed with me last night. But to your point, it's like the sleep was the winter and I was facing my shadows last night. Yeah, And it was like, every time I would wake up, it was like this metaphorical way of like coming back from being deep, deep, deep in the shadow work. And then remembering once I hit the surface, like Monica, it all gets to belong. It's all okay. Your fears get to be here and you can do it anyway. Yeah, And it was like, and then I would go back and I would like come up with another layer and I would come back to the surface and I would kind of have to remember again, like it's, it's all good, Monica. It's all good. Yeah. But also this journey that you're making right now by, by writing the book, also it's very cyclical and seasonal because when you go just from from the deep winter state of having an idea and then you go in in spring energy more that's like okay i'm going to put out the first words right yeah but that's also a process it's not like and that's also perhaps if we talk about the timing right now we think if we think, talk about spring, then we think about happy cows or, or a happy sheep uh, in the meadow, that really happy jumping. Yeah. But actually, it's a very serious process because springtime means actually like going from the deep, dark wintertime into, into the surface and, and the first seeds are going outside and they are just very slowly looking around them like, okay, where am I? You know, I'm just being born into the world. And it's a very delicate process where we can just face a lot of anxiety also because our deeper desires encounter the light again, you know, so it's also a very beautiful timing right now. Yeah, yeah. And I loved that word you used earlier, which was longings. Because because when I hear what you're saying, and I love that you now kind of mapped mapped this, what you're talking about. And I know why you're so passionate about it, Coco. I mm-hmm. know why you're so passionate <laughs> about it. Because it makes sense with everything. And you just mapped it to the process of creating the book, right? And it's like, yeah. oh, to look through that lens, it makes so much sense. Because When in the winter, it's like getting in touch with that longing, right? That longing to like, like create a book, like to birth a book into the Mm -hmm. world. And then you're like, it's so true, right? It's like, it's getting closer. And so, but it's, but it now I'm facing all of these anxieties that are coming up to be looked at, which are like, what will people think? What will your mother say? Like what, you know, right? Like all these things that I have to kind of look at and be with in order to just integrate all of this and allow it so that I can continue to give myself permission and that's part of your job. This this is work, you know? Yes. So, and this is what I love about like working cyclically and working the way I do is because exactly this process I see as working hours, actually. <laughs> My sleep is also working hours, yeah. right? Because it, you're working through the process right now of giving birth of your book. And it's a very creative process. And this encountering your demons and anxieties in this process it is part of the job you have to because you come from a deep inner place and now you bring your words out in the lights 
Yes. There has yeah, this is this is exactly the work. And this is why all of our paychecks need to be way higher, by the way. If, uh-huh, if, we're, uh-huh. if, if we're doing so much work in our sleep, even come on. We need you know, like we gotta put higher price tags on this stuff. Yeah, but but to be honest, because right now in Holland we have to do our taxes from last year. I don't know, but it's the timing here in Holland. Yeah. And now I um, just need to register my uh, hours also. So to be honest, and I'm proud of it, like if I registered my hours right now today, I've like okay, two hour podcast, but also two hours on the the bench and really. Also, our working hours for me is just preparing for podcasts and yeah. I write them and I really do because I honor my process and I honor my cycle and I honor my creativity. So it's for me, it's just laying on the couch is work point. Yeah, I love that. Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. That is the best. It's true. And just to be able to really recognize what we truly invest. And this is also the reason that I I love women so much. You know, I mm-hmm. love our it's like when we're committed to making something happen, we are so committed to making it happen. And we will spend hours processing and integrating and thinking about it. And there's just a way, and I'm not saying men don't do that too, but I just think there's a way that women are so dedicated to to this to producing things that really are in service to humanity in a bigger way. And yeah, I get to say that. Yeah, well, I, I listened to your podcast with uh, Susan Hyatt the other day and also about emotional labor and invisible workload. And here it comes because also she also talked about like we have to honor that and we have to be very aware of it, but also again, recognize it, right? Mm-hmm. And also with it's not only the productive hours, it's the whole process before <laughs> and after that's Oh, we really need to honor that for ourselves, for our work in the world, for for Mother Earth, for everything. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I've loved this conversation so much, Coco. Now, how? So, I have a couple more questions before we wrap up. First, I want to ask you, what does revelation mean to you? Um, that's a very good question. Yeah. What does it mean for me? Well, the first word that comes up is relief. Yeah. <laughs> Like seeing something completely different and in such a way that I think, like, oh my gosh, finally, now I understand. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. That's, I've never heard it put that way. I love that. It's like relief. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. And if there was a question that I didn't ask you that you would, you had wished that I had, what would that question be? Well, I think we, covered a lot so, we did yeah we <laughs> really traveled did a, we traveled a lot so yeah I'm, I'm pretty satisfied i think okay and where where can our listeners kind of find out more about you and how ha- and what what are like what are some last words that you would leave them with that might kind of i don't know be some words of wisdom that you just want to let them perseverate on for the rest of today yeah well i think Really honor your cycle. And if you find that hard, then just be aware of the way you look at productivity. And I think awareness is, is the first step. So really look at like your daily program and in what kind of way do I rest and make really connection to my deeper longings. Mm-hmm. And if you want to go deeper, then yeah. Uh, go with the moon flow and the seasonal flow i think because well it's it's it looks very practical in that way but the reason is like if you look at the moon and if you look at your body then you have like uh, immediate proof of how it works and you have a reflection of yourself so you remember and i think you already know but you Keep remembering yourself and give yourself permission. And I think right now it's very important to go deep, work on the inner, deeper truth of yourself. And yeah, use 
use those qualities as well, then it's much easier. Beautiful. Beautiful. And where can they learn more about you? And do you have any, I don't know if um, like you have a recommendation or something that you would point them to as a resource for kind of getting more in tuned? Yeah, well, one of the most practical things is download a menstruation app, like a, a cycle app, or use, uh, if you use, for example, Google Calendar, that integrate a moon calendar, for example. And you can look at my website. I can pronounce it, but I don't know if people can. So perhaps they can just uh, check the description, www.pint or uh, com. And uh, there they can just uh, leave their email and I will send them some more information about the moon. And after my uh, maternity leave, I will have like a weekly conversation about the moon and they can just check in with the Zoom. Like, okay, where am I right now? So they can join me with the moon. I love that. Okay. And so for our listeners... You always know that I'll put Coco's information in the show notes so that you don't have to, like me, butcher her name. (laughs) 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 And Coco, I love you. Thank you for this amazing conversation. And my heart, I just want to, you know, tell you that I'm really, really just feeling so much gratitude that you six weeks before the birth of your babe spent this time with us. I just have appreciated it so much. And I'm so proud to bring your work to my listeners. So thank you. Yeah, thank you, Monica, for doing all the work you do for us and giving us a voice. <laughs> I think it's very important. And give yourself a voice. And uh, yeah, it's so beautiful. It feels like wow, we're all connected as women. And I really love it. So thank you for the opportunity and uh, yeah, your creation. Thank you. Okay. And for our listeners, until next time, more to be revealed. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please visit us at jointherevelation.com and be sure to download our free gift, subscribe to our mailing list, or leave us a review on iTunes. We thank you for your generous listening. And as always, more to be revealed.